Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 168 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is embarrassing tidbits from real life that we put into our books. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the tit-obsessed and therefore probably the bit-obsessed, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Uh, the tits. Who doesn't love a good tit who, shirt? Come who, on. Who doesn't? Well, who doesn't love tits? I, I don't person yeah listen to the wrong podcast if that's you <laughs> God, i mean i don't know if we could be friends yeah. i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> so so how am i doing so last time i mentioned i was extremely stressed because i had to get christmas at rainbow falls or a christmas book that i'm co-writing with miranda mcleod to the editor and whoo that was a close call <laughs> very close call and guess what now, since it is a Christmas book and we're uh, recording this on November 8th, um, it's going to be a fast turnaround when I get it back from the editor because mm. there's kind of a ticking clock on this one. So, um, yeah. you know how like you were able to sit on your Xmas, or your Xmas, your Christmas book for months? Uh, I, yes, I remember. Yeah. Not a choice here. <laughs> Not a choice. So it's going to be a quick turnaround. So um, that should be fun always fun this time of year to rush to do everything and why I'm doing that I'm also doing nano um I've been showing up every day for the zoom writing sprints that um IHS is hosting and it's been a lot of fun I have to admit there it's been a lot of fun um I'm behind on my word count but I am still getting more writing done now this month than I had like all summer in the fall months on average because that those months were gobbled up by um creating the new iHeartSafic website. So even though I'm behind on my nano goal of 50,000 this month, I am still doing better than I had been for months. So I'm taking that as a win that I'm writing regularly each day again. Yep, that's very good. And um, what you're doing Zoom Sprint. So if people uh, want to join in, because this is going to come out um, mid-November. So uh, if people want to join in, um, what time? what time do you do them? Oh gosh, you're asking me no. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. I think Monday through Friday, it, we start at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we go to 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then there is a sprint Wednesday nights, but I don't know the exact time on that one, and then there's a sprint Saturday morning that starts at 7.30, and I think it goes to 10.30 and then there's a sprint on Sunday that goes from 4 p.m. in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time to 7 p.m. Okay. So there's something every day. Most of the time it starts in the morning, but some of it gets switched up a bit. So if you want so, to do but it... But it is the, the... Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you want to do it in the UK, 7.30 Eastern Standard would be 12.30 uh, GMT, which would fit in with a lunchtime so for instance if you just wanted to jump on for an hour you could mm -hmm. yeah and you can come and go um you don't have to stay the whole time everyone um has lives and everything and there is a pin post in the iheart Suffolk author group that has all of the zoom links so if you do want to join us please join us it's been a lot of fun 
So in other news, we've been having really unusual weather for the past couple of weeks in Massachusetts. It's been very warm, like shorts weather again, which is kind of crazy since it is November. And it's usually the time I start dreading to have to kick on the heat and start paying more for my um, energy bills. But I haven't had to do that. Right now I have the window wide open. So um, since it was really nice and we did meet our writing deadline, but we're starting a new project. Miranda and I always have this tradition when we start a new project. We meet up in Concord to have lunch and do like something fun. So we met up last week. I think it was Wednesday. I'm not sure of the day. I, I really don't know numbers. But we met up in Concord, and we went to the Orchard House, which you may not know is the home of Louisa May Alcott, the author of Little Women. I've been there before, but it was years ago, and I just love visiting homes of historical people. Surprise, surprise, since I love history. But this house is a particular treat because it really feels like you're just walking through the pages of Little Women because 70 I think they said 75% of the contents in the house was actually owned by the Alcotts, and she based the story kind of on that house. So um, it's just a lot of fun. And then we went to lunch. We had um, a fantastic lunch, even though it is fall here, despite the weather outside. We had, like, fancy apple cocktails. We had pumpkin cheesecake. So we were able to enjoy the fall stuff with really nice weather, so that's nice. Mm. But in not-so-fun news, this past weekend... I got both my flu and COVID vaccines. I kind of forgot that both of them separately make me extremely ill. (laughs) Together, they make me worse, (laughs) absolutely worse. So I got them Saturday morning. By Sunday, early morning, I was feeling terrible. (laughs) That was the day we broke the record for like the warmest day in November since, I don't know, like 50 or 60 years. And I was battling a fever in really hot weather in November, and I did not think that would happen where I was just like sweating profusely trying to cool off and then I was like freezing and then it was just a miserable day so um but I I now have my jabs which I wanted to get done ahead of the whole Thanksgiving Christmas holiday stuff because I'll be going to people's houses and I want to be considerate very good very good and at least you only lasted one day I also got my COVID jab this week Look at us. Our rubbish uh, trucks just came and at the same time before we got on this call. Yes. And we got our COVID jabs. We're so in sync, TB. Uh, and I was ready to have, um, I, I thought, I don't want my, I've never had a flu jab. I've never worked anywhere where they get it. Like my wife always gets one every year at work, but I've never worked anywhere. But I got offered a, flu, a COVID jab, so I said yes. Uh, had it. Was ready to have like 24, 48 hours off I was ready with my Christmas movies and all I got was a sore arm so I had to carry on working bit disappointing that is disappointing if you were prepared for the sick days Mm. so that's sad but I'm kind of glad you didn't feel well I mean you didn't feel ill because um it wasn't fun no it's not like I would be like this is the best way to spend the day (laughs) (laughs) you could have just watched Christmas movies and pretended you felt like shit that's what I did the first time round. Like I, I just took a day off anyway because I didn't get I didn't get sick and I was like, well, I'm gonna act like I did. <laughs> no one will truly know. You no. can just do what you want. You work for yourself, damn it. <laughs> so what's going on over there besides the COVID jab? Well, TB, it, it's very strange because when we just got on this call, it was absolutely hammering down like like something out of the Bible uh, with rain, and it has been. And now it's blue sky. 
the weather is crazy everywhere but yeah it, it just keeps raining so that's like upsetting me because uh, I don't like it when it just constantly rains it makes me sad and blue it, it was just so dark earlier this morning and I'll put the heat on and now I'm boiling so oh. but other than that things are all right um you know my launch has been very um up and down so uh like just things keep going wrong so that's just annoying but you know the thing that's going right is that people are reading it and liking it so that's good yeah the christmas catch this is as you know the ebook uh, didn't have a smooth launch but eventually it did get out there but then page reads just stopped being counted so like I can see where it is in the charts and uh but then when I look on my dashboard there's nothing <laughs> on the Kindle dashboard and I'm just like hmm, that doesn't seem right somehow that no no one has read one page of it and this was like a few days ago so I contacted Amazon and they're like oh yeah like, there's just some delay there's some lag in the reporting don't worry about it but it keeps happening all the time so it's very annoying and uh, they buggered up the look inside and I think this is an issue I, I checked a few other books and a few other people are having it so what I did was I went in because I got a few e emails from readers saying that they couldn't read the look inside so I went back and redid it in vellum in a different um, style uh, one that didn't have drop caps because it was the drop caps that were calling, causing the problem I downloaded the book and it's fine on a Kindle once you download it but if people are wondering do I want to read this or they've never heard of me before and they're looking on the look inside you can't actually read the first page because the drop cap was like 10 times bigger than anything else <laughs> so oh, it's I not have to go check my book yeah I feel like this launch has been a little bit what's the word besmirched by um issues but nevertheless people are, uh, are reading it and enjoying it so that's good but there's just been a lot of potholes in the road shall we say Amazon seems to be making a lot of changes because I don't know if you noticed like there's now like this point system when you buy books and then they've added good read good read averages to books so they're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes and it is throwing a wrench into every other system that we all have to use mm. and it's just buggering up the system beyond belief and everyone's trying to deal with it but um but hey, now you get the Goodreads reviews, which is always great for like uh, marginalized authors because it's not like people go <laughs> onto Goodreads and just do bad reviews because they don't no. say like sapphic <laughs> fiction or anything or uh, authors of color or anything. So it's fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, can't wait for those to pop up. I don't think I've I, I don't think I've knowingly seen any Goodreads on mine. Have you seen them on yours? Um, I, I did. I did hear about this. They were talking about it on the Selmore Book Show podcast, and they were just laughing, saying, "Why would anybody want the Goodreads uh, on their page? Because it will just bring your average down." Uh, yeah, you know. Look, here, here's a load of readers who who three starred me. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. There's certain people on Goodreads who have a, a definite agenda when they review books, like one star Charles. Um, but I've seen it. It's not on Devil's Advocate now because I don't think it's um, old enough, but some of my backlist books do have the Goodreads right next to it. So I'm just like, excellent thinking, Amazon. Like, They just don't consider that there are certain things that maybe harm books. Yeah. Like the yeah. assholes who go one-star books that because they, oh my gosh, they have like, you know, LGBTQ characters. What's wrong? We shouldn't <laughs> support that. 
Yeah, um, but also I do think that uh, let's see where it shakes out because Amazon do uh, try things and then row back um, if they see that it's it's not really working out or it's not. Because, you know, at the end of the day, their ultimate aim is to sell books. And if this doesn't sell them books, then um, they will row back on it. But let's see. But yeah, it's, it's not going to be fantastic, I wouldn't have thought, for a lot of people, a lot of readers. Um Yes. So anyway, there's that. So <laughs> I am pleased that the Christmas book's out, but it just seems to have had a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a a bumpy launch. But I'm hoping that um, here from now on in, yeah, maybe it'll be all right. Um, my footy book, I've finished the first draft, so hurrah. I went on my caravan writing retreat at the end of um, October, the last weekend in October, and read it through for that and made notes and got back into the writing swing. So a bit like you with Nano. Um, so I have finished the first draft, but do you know what? I don't know. It's I read it all through to go to the caravan, and now I'm not so sure about it, and I couldn't quite work out what was wrong. So I discussed it with a, a writing friend at the caravan. We sort of hammered out, I think, one of the issues. Um, so I need to really sit down with it again uh, now, and uh, which I've been doing this morning. But yeah, from a from a flying start, this one then um, hit some roadblocks. But I do wonder if it's just. Uh, maybe it could also just be the mood I was in that week you know you never know it's always dependent on the mood you're in when you read your own books back whether you like them or not I agree but you know what would make a footy book really awesome what's that I know it's a footy romance but zombies they solve every problem <laughs> I wasn't expecting that answer but wow I should have called you up shouldn't I what, yeah. is, it, what is this book missing tb zombies okay maybe zombies in space yes and with a dragon well let's not go crazy yeah all right okay my wife I mean, keeps, that's just too far my wife keeps telling me uh put a, put a fucking dragon in your books okay she doesn't even like dragon books maybe zombies is what we need so anyway but that's uh ongoing um, so the other thing I'm, I'm going to be doing uh, this week is getting the It Started With A Kiss audio book up on the retailers. Now, I did try, I did have this done just before, like I already commissioned it, before It Started With A Kiss was shortlisted for the Kindle Storyteller Awards. And as part of the terms and conditions for that, um, you couldn't upload it while it was still uh, under, you know, shortlist terms and conditions. And then if it had won, then Amazon had first refusal at um, producing the audiobook. So I was like, ooh, maybe I could sell them the one I've already done. <laughs> but, you know, if there's an upside to me not winning the £20,000 prize, it's that I don't have to bin my audiobook that I'd already paid out a couple of thousand pounds for, so that's good, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be uploading that this week. Um, I didn't know that was part of the contract. So if you... Hmm. What if the book already has audio? You, it, it, wasn't, it wouldn't then be illegible. I know. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, I didn't realise, because to me, the Kindle Storyteller Award is just an ebook competition, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, for, yeah. it's for books in KU. I was asked to read the terms and conditions, uh, and it couldn't be out in any other... It couldn't be out in, in audio. But it could be out in paperback. It could be out in print, yes. But it couldn't be out in audio. What could, about translation? No. Uh, I was just about to sign a contract in Italian for It Started With A Kiss, and I had to um, say, I can't sign it. Because if I had signed it and it had won, then it would have made my win null and void. So yeah, so if you are going into the Kindle Storyteller Award, just be aware that you can't have um, the books out in any other format other than ebook and print. And you can't have it for sale anywhere else but kin Kindle and Kindle K 
okay to be print. Okay. I can kind of see maybe the audio, which I still think is a bit odd, but I don't see the reasoning behind the translation. Well, the reason is because if you win, uh, you get a £20,000 prize, but you also get an Amazon marketing campaign for that book. So they want first rights for all, all of the, all your translation and your audio everywhere in the world so that if it takes off, then they can then press go on that. But I don't know if it necessarily means that they will take up those options. I think it just means that they have to have the options there. So how long are you under this obligation? <laughs> I've not gone back and read, but I just assumed that because I didn't win, then it, then, I, then it's fine. I can put it up now. It's just why you're shortlisted. But if you win, then you're under that obligation. Weird. Amazon, weird. Yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that has uh, been confirmed this week is uh, I'm, I'm doing a live event next year, TB. I'm doing a live event. With, at, like, people? With people. Well, I hope there'll be people. <laughs> It'll definitely be me. Um, it's going to be at Worcester Library. Um, now, Worcester uh, is a cathedral town uh, in the Midlands. Worcester Libraries have got every single one of my books in their library on the shelves, which is very lovely. And when they asked me if I would come and do a talk, I thought, well, this is a library that's really supported my work. So I'm gonna go and make a little trip of it. I've never been to Worcester. The library looks really cool, actually. It's very sort of, uh, it's quite modern, sort of modern, artistic, very nicely designed. Um, and they're gonna get, they've got a creative writing course at Worcester University. They're gonna get the creative writing lecturer to come and interview me. And they're doing it as a part of a whole LGBTQ History Month program of events. So if you're around Worcester um, on February the 22nd, this is at 7.30 in the evening, I'm gonna be at The Hive, Worcester, Hive, Worcester Library, The Hive, because Worcester's got four different library sites and this is the main one. So that's quite exciting. Um, it's nice to have something in the calendar, actually. Yes, yes, and with people. Like, it's not like a Zoom call or anything. It's no. like you're going there. You're going to get on the train. I'm going I'm to get on the train. You're going to go there. Yeah, I've hired an Airbnb. Uh, it's all go. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it was... Isn't it kind of sad that we're so excited now just to do something like that? Like, the last three years have been just so fucking weird when you really stop to think about it. Yeah, um, and the other the other um, plus point is that uh, they haven't asked me to do a reading. Uh, they're going to get this woman to come and interview me, which I'm far happier doing. Like I can babble on, so I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but you know I'd much rather do that than do a reading. So that's good. So come along, hear me babble. You don't have to uh, sit through me doing a reading. Yeah, I used to go to um, when I lived in uh, London. I used to go to I think it was Daunt Books. Yes. And they, they would have author talks in the evening. And it was lovely because you would, it, it was like, I don't know, it was like eight or ten quid. And so you would go, they gave you a free glass of wine, only one, one glass of wine, but um, for eight quid. And then you sat there and it was like kind of like that where it was an author. And then instead of doing a reading, it was just a, a like a question and answer with like someone who, you know, knew the author and was able to lead the conversation and then open it up to the uh, audience to, to ask questions too. And it was just really nice not to have to like suffer through the reading before you can get to the part that you actually are there, especially as a writer, to listen to. Because I like to listen to authors like how they approach mm -hmm. certain issues or how mm -hmm. they, you know, first draft and all that. Yeah. So it was nice to skip the painful part because I always feel so bad for an author because I know how much I hate it and I can't be alone. 
No, I remember going to a book, uh, a reading with Patrick Gale and Sarah Winman, who are both uh, two quite big um, mainstream fiction authors, and um, uh, it, it was it was the day that I launched uh, This London Love, so my second book, and they they had wine and beer, and I went along with my friend who is who was about four years sober at that point, so I had her wine and beer as well, and that got me through both their readings, and you could see that they'd been necking the wine backstage because they were both, you know they needed Dutch courage <laughs> to come out there and do it and you could see they didn't well Patrick Gale didn't really love it Sarah Winman uh is also an actor and a narrator so I think she's a little bit more au fait with it but um yeah uh hopefully that'll all be lovely oh and I'm also being interviewed this week on Riverside Radio that's actually through the Amazon's PR department so something came from the Kindle Storyteller Award well, that's exciting. Mm. you got a lot going on. Mm. And then I'm going to, in fun things, I'm going to Porto on Saturday. So when this comes out, uh, I'll be in Porto. Well, let's hope it's not as rainy there as it is in London. Uh, it, yeah, it's probably... Because that it, would be sad. It probably will be, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be fairly similar weather, maybe slightly warmer, but um, we're, gonna, we're taking a week off. Going to go away with uh, first half of the week with my family. And then um, the last half of the week, just my wife and I. So that'd be nice. A little break. Uh, I could do with a little break. Right, comments, got any? Sadly, either I missed them or we didn't receive them, but we don't have any comments or coffees on my end. No comments or coffees. Sad, sad times. No comments on my end either. So, um, yeah. Send us a comment, people. We need the love. We need the love with all the... I've just got rain, rain, rain. TB's got sun, sun, sun. We need some comments, comments, comments in the middle. All right, then. So uh, let's get on to the topic at hand, which is tidbits from real life that have made it into our books. And uh, if they can be embarrassing, uh, all the better, right? Well, mine are embarrassing. Okay, good. Uh, so when I was trying to think about this, I couldn't come up with any, and then I came up with two on my morning walk today. So I've got embarrassing ones. So um, since this was your suggestion, TB, do you want to go first? Yeah, I suggested this because I, I feel like people could use a laugh right now since a lot of people are uh, kind of just grinning and bearing things to get through life right now. So hopefully this will cheer you up a bit. So my first embarrassing moment that I shared in a book kind of boomeranged on me because it wasn't my embarrassing moment. So I have to explain this. So it's In a Woman Lost. That's the first book I published. It's the first Lizzie book. And I added a bit in there about... Um, Lizzie because she's an uptight character she's like she tries to be perfect on every front and then like she's just, just very uptight but Sarah points out to her that Lizzie farts in her sleep I thought that was funny because I had an ex who uh, prided herself on never ever farting but she also would fall asleep and then wowzers so I, I thought it was really funny. And I'm like, this would be a great characteristic for Lizzie, who is uptight and everything. So I added it in. And I think Karma was wanted to get revenge for me taking a dig at one of my exes. So <laughs> after I published it, my partner was like, um, I somehow this part came up. And I was like, I just think it's funny that I included this about my ex. And, and my partner said, well, you know, you fart in your sleep, right? like almost every night and I was like what I'm asleep I did not know that so it kind of boomeranged on me <laughs> but then also it had this it was one of the first bad reviews I got for Lizzie 
for a woman lost because I got a review from someone who took offense to the fact that there was farting mentioned in the book and the review said something like I was no lady or something like that so it boomeranged a lot on me wow well they got that right I was just like (laughs) so apparently I'm not a lady because I fart in my sleep and then I wrote about it in a book not knowing that I was writing about myself but apparently I was writing about myself (laughs) and then I got my first like one bad review not one bad my first review bad review I got many bad reviews yes (laughs) so what's your first embarrassing um well the one that made me laugh on my walk today was the goldfish incident. So um, in All I Want for Valentine's, um, I've got two actually from my All I Want series, so I'm going to I'm going to put them together. So Yvonne and I were living in our old flat, and we had new neighbours move in opposite uh, uh, opposite us on the corridor, and they've been in about two or three weeks, and they knocked on my door, and they said, um, "Here's it. Would you mind feeding our goldfish? Um, we're going away for the weekend." And this was the first interaction I ever had with them. So I said, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And they said, we'll leave a note as to exactly what you need to do. I said, absolutely, that's fine. No problem at all. So off they went on their weekend away. I let myself into their flat. I go to feed the goldfish. Uh, Both the goldfish are dead on top of the water. Um, (laughs) I don't know these people. And apparently, unbeknownst to me, it's not even that I even once fed them. No, they were dead when I got in there. Um, so then I, I I was absolutely in an absolute tiz about this and uh, so I even went to the local pet shop to see if I could find some goldfish that we could replace them with because it's just like I was panicking but then I was just like no so then I just wrote them a note and said um, god I'm really sorry but we went to feed your goldfish and they were both well dead and then when they came back they said oh actually I think it's this flat because this is like the, the third pair of goldfish that have died and they'd only been in the flat like a few weeks so Yes, that was very stressful. So when I came to write this book, I was like, what is the stressful situation that could happen? So I put that in the book. So uh, Tori and Holly have to deal with somebody (laughs) asking them to uh, look after their goldfish and then uh, the goldfish die. That's, why did they keep getting goldfish if they kept dying? Um, I don't know. It's It's a strange one, isn't it? I think actually one of the pairs of goldfish had died in their previous flat because they'd only been in there a few weeks so I could only think that they just weren't very good at goldfish ownership yeah. <laughs> maybe stop contributing the goldfish murders <laughs> stop doing it people if you're not good at it don't do it like you imagine it's like the first time I ever you know interacted with them to say yes and then the second time was to say oh by the way your goldfish are dead it wasn't it was a stressful time the other one, uh, time that I did put in to uh, the all I want series is when I went to Rome and um, did, did a Segway tour. Now, I am not very good at controlling um, obst- uh, uh, vehicles with wheels at all. Uh, on a Segway tour, <laughs> I think the guy was ready to um, push me off the Segway and into the, the river in Rome, whatever that river may be. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, in the end, he had to grab hold of my Segway and, and pull me around because I was going so slowly that I was holding the whole group up. Um, but then I put that Segway uh, experience, the horror of the Segway experience, into um, All I Want for Spring when they actually went to Rome and um, she did a Segway uh, and she actually ran over um, somebody that had been flirting with her or something like that. So, But I could actually viscerally explain what it was like to feel out of control of the Segway because, reader, it happened to me. Was this an activity that 
uh, your wife suggested? No. Um, it was actually um, a friend of ours had been to Rome. Or was it Madrid? God, I can't remember. Anyway, they, her and her husband and their two children had been, and she said it was one of the best things they did. So she gave me, like, a list of, you know, like, restaurants to go to and things that they did. And so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah great. So I just booked it. And then when we eventually got there, <laughs> my wife said... I can't quite believe you booked this because this is really not your kind of activity. And I was like, I know. I'm just kind of realising that as I get on my Segway and thinking I don't want to do this. And it was a really painful two hours. I remember the guy said, don't worry, we're going to... Um, I think there was some issue. So he said, I'm going to give you all an extra half an hour. And I was like, motherfucker, get me off this fucking thing. I know you well enough to know that um, I would never suggest that to you. And... Um... Well, well done for sticking with it, because I think I may have cancelled if I really didn't want to do it. But um, but you got, you know, book gold. I did. It, so. And you know what? So many people wrote to me um, who read that and said they loved that scene. So that's because it was from the heart, everyone. <laughs> What's your next one? Did you have it, like, all on video? <laughs> like, so you could just, like, play it back? I know all my friends were saying that to my wife. I hope you got some video. She's like, she's like, no, I was too busy, you know, sort of shouting encouragement to her, trying to get her to stay upright. <laughs> all right. So my next one is also another Lizzie one. All three of mine are Lizzie ones. And I think the reason for that is those are written in first person. And I do tend to draw a lot from experiences. This is a, a story that um, involves one word, <laughs> which I don't think, which, well, I know it's not, but it's not actually a word. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until like a couple years ago, and I am 48 years old at the moment. So in the U.S., there are a lot of signs cautioning drivers that there is a pedestrian crossing coming up or a turtle crossing coming up or a deer crossing. These are signs that we see all over the place. But the signs don't say crossing. They, they spell out the word zing, X-I-N-G. And until a few years ago, I was absolutely convinced that this was a real word. Right. <laughs> and so, so I would always say, oh, careful, there's a, there's a ped zing coming up or something like that. And no one ever said anything to me. But then a couple of uh, years ago, I was in one of the seaside towns uh, with Miranda. We were doing some research for a book. And we were walking along this really quaint town it's like your typical seaside tourist trap in massachusetts and i saw a sign that said cat zine but instead of like x ing it had x hyphen ing and i literally stopped in my tracks and stared at this sign and then i turned around and i said does that mean crossing zing zing mean crossing and she's like zing's not a word what are you talking about and i really just figured it out because someone added the hyphen. I needed the hyphen the entire time <laughs> to know that that was just kind of, I don't know, is it a symbol or whatever? Shorthand? But yeah, but I still say zing because it's been in my head since forever and I still think it's a word. I think it can definitely be a word. I think we should have start a campaign for it to become a word. Yeah, it's a bit like Xmas, isn't it? It's the same same kind of thing. Yeah, can we have, like, Merriam-Webster add it so then I can have, like, total, like, vindication? That's not the right vindification. word. Vindication. Yeah, vindication. get that one in there as well. Let's <laughs> make vindication a word. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I just never really thought about it, but 
it's now my new favorite word i'm never gonna stop very good i like it a lot so uh, and does lizzie still say it in uh, in what book was that introduced and does she still say it uh, throughout all the other books it was introduced rather late so I don't know. I, I probably should make a note to put that in the next Lizzie book. But there's so many things I have to remember since I'll, there's so many books in that series. I so know. I don't know. I know. So what's, what's your next one? Okay, then my next one. This is in London, actually. So London Romance Book 5. One of the main characters, Becca, has a best mate called Tracy. Becca is um, romantically involved with Cleo. They are the two lead protagonists. But Becca and Cleo... Um, they have an issue where one of one of their friends is in a flat but she's having she's pregnant and she's having contractions and they need to get in to help her but they don't have a key now becca and cleo try to force the door it won't budge and they're about to call a locksmith when her when becca's mate tracy turns up whips out a swiss army knife and open jimmy's the door and opens it and she uh, and cleo says to her well how the hell did you um, know that and she says oh let's just say I had a couple of dates with a, a woman who was a bit shady this didn't happen to me I can't I can't Jimmy locks I don't have a second career as a criminal but this did happen to a friend of mine so uh, she couldn't get into one of her flats and so <laughs> she uh, asked one of her she was she messaged one of her friends who lived nearby and this friend uh, just turned up with a Swiss army knife and let her into her house and she said how do you know how to do that and she said uh, let's just say I've I've had a past. I love that. So you say that you don't have a past as a criminal, but isn't that what you would say if you did have a past Ooh. as a criminal? So I'm thinking that this is actually your story. That's right. I have had a, a, a very, very colourful past as a criminal, no. Uh, yeah, so I, but I love that. I remember her telling me this over drinks, and I was thinking, oh, that has got to go into a book somewhere. So I put it into a book. Yeah, some things we just can't make up. No. <laughs> and I always say, you know, life is stranger than fiction. I don't know if you saw recently the story, which I, I am kicking about in my head at the moment. Did you see the story of the two uh, beauty queens who have um, got married, have been having a secret relationship for two years and then got married? It's Miss Brazil and Miss Puerto Rico or something like that. So, yeah, um, like that. You couldn't make that up. If you, if you wrote that book, you would get people saying this would never happen in real life. Yeah, and I have a feeling in the next few years there's going to be a lot of sapphic books about that particular subject. I'm thinking about it. I'm seriously thinking about it. Right. <laughs> What's your next one? Uh, my next one, again, is another Lizzie one. And I think I shared this on the podcast before, but this was a while ago, and it fits the topic, so I'm going to repeat myself. But this happened before the pandemic, so and that's kind of, kind of a crucial fact to this story. So, um... Several years ago, I was in the shower and I was trying to wash my hair and my shampoo container was like nearly empty. And I just kept squeezing and squeezing and squeezing to get the last bit out because I didn't want to get out of the shower, get cold, drip water over the floor and then find, have to like scrounge for the new shampoo container and then stuff like that. So I was squeezing so hard that I squeezed it out of my hand and it flew up and hit me in the face and it gave me a fat lip and it cut my lip. So if this happened during the pandemic when I left my apartment, I could wear a mask mm -hmm. and no one would notice. Mm -hmm. But this was before I became comfortable wearing masks out in public. So whenever I left the apartment, I was very conscious about the fact that my lip was extremely black and blue and swollen and cut. And so 
since I was self-conscious and I always do like when you say don't say this thing I always say it. it's like the first thing that comes out of my mouth so I kept feeling compelled <laughs> to tell people that I met randomly on the street or at the grocery store or something what happened because I got tired of the weird looks and the sympathetic looks and I kept trying to explain like no I wasn't beat up my partner wasn't beating me up or anything this has happened and how I did it and then like when you explain something in a really tense fashion and you're rambling people think that you're trying to cover it up yeah. so I think everyone was convinced that I was covering up what actually happened and that I was hit or something and I wasn't it was a shampoo container so I put it in the Lizzie book and the rumor becomes that Sarah is beating up Lizzie right <laughs> <laughs> and it was a shampoo container yeah. a nasty one yeah you see that is it hurt that uh, actually backs the case for less plastic in the world, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Mm. It absolutely does. And I've gotten rid of some of the plastic. I now I'm back to like soap bars and stuff like that. And part of the reason is because they hurt. <laughs> when they hit you in the face when you're not expecting it, it really fucking hurts. TB, all I'll say is you and Lizzie, you do it to yourself and that's what really hurts. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, my final one, and I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast as well, but it's so good that I couldn't not mention it again. So this is one from my earlier life, my previous life. This happened to me a long time ago, but it still it still it still makes me smile. So uh, in all I want for Christmas, um, I'm mining the all I want books with these, aren't I? Um, in all I want for Christmas, Tori. Uh, before she gets together with the person she was always meant to be with, um, she goes out on a series of uh, dates that she gets from the internet, and they are all pretty awful. And one of them, she goes on, and she thinks it's a date, and she's arranged it with this woman who turns up and then uh, decides to sell her and try and sell her an insurance policy, uh, and spends the entire date you know, trying to sell her an insurance policy, and she actually thought it was a date. This actually happened to me in real life. I actually thought I was going on a date. I was sat at a pub table with a drink. This woman turned up and she got her, uh, she got a drink and then she got her briefcase out <laughs> and started showing me insurance policy literature and started to try and sell me a life insurance policy. In my twenties, uh, yeah, I was clearly very bad at picking up date signals in my twenties. Did you buy the insurance? Um, no, because I was in my 20s. I'm, I'm invincible. Did you feel insulted that she thought that someone in their 20s needed to know? Or did you feel like maybe she was psychic and was trying to tell you something <laughs> and you should really start living life to the fullest? Maybe that was what she was sent to do, TV. But yeah, uh, I, I, I don't remember being actually that... Um, maybe I was a little bit... Uh, annoyed and a little bit embarrassed by it um it is a long time ago now so i can't actually remember but i remember being amused by it as well um uh so you know it's these little tidbits in your life that you carry with you and uh, it just still makes me laugh every time i can still see it i can still see the exact pub in essex that i sat in and i can still remember like just like wanting to laugh when she brought out her briefcase because you know this is in the days before um tablets and uh, you know people would bring a lot of paperwork it involved a briefcase on a pub table mm. so actually this happens to was it at least a nice briefcase <laughs> <laughs> i 
I think it was, was probably... she like a successful one? <laughs> no, I think no, I think she was just starting out. But hence, she was like you know going on all these uh, nefarious sort of dates. Who knows? Maybe I just read the room wrong. I'll never know. Was it an online date? Because that would be even better if she was like just cruising the online sites and then like whipping out the briefcase. <laughs> Do you know, I don't remember, but I don't think, I don't know when online dating started, but this is, we're probably talking at least 25 years ago. So would it have been a thing? I don't know. Still lives on in your book, though. It will never die. It, it will, will always be there. It will never die. Oh, isn't that a nice thought? <laughs> I mean, you probably should have gotten the life insurance. Too, I probably should. Yeah, it probably would have been worth <laughs> a lot of money now, right? And I, <laughs> I still don't have life insurance. Uh, I'm gonna say that maybe you should get, think about it. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're I'll set you up on a date. You're the one who's very. <laughs> if anybody wants to go on a life insurance date with me, I, I really do need one. So let me know. Um, yeah, you're the one who's all prepared for what happens if you die tomorrow, TB. Whereas I'm not. So we know that from a couple of podcasts ago, right? <laughs> yeah, this is why maybe maybe you should start considering the life insurance maybe, you know maybe. take care of the loved ones yes it is on my it is on my to-do list and don't forget me yes <laughs> of course of course not it's on my to-do list of things uh, of, of stuff to do and i keep it's one of those um items that i keep moving for you know back in the calendar so it came up recently it's like life insurance will something else and i was like oh yeah that can move to december yep 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 <laughs> I have so many of those things on my long running to-do list where I'm like, I don't have time for that. Who has time to die right now? <laughs> In fact, let's make that next time around's topic, right? Get together. Next time, we're, gonna, we're going to reveal our to-do list, things that have been on our to-do list forever. And maybe that will push them up the chain because it, I've always thought it's interesting to know what are the things that are on people's to-do list that they... What, what are all the other things that authors have to do? So this is the, the things to do in our author life or in our personal life? Author life. Okay, uh, I can I can reveal those. Personal life, I'm like, I'm not sure <laughs> I really want to go into that. <laughs> Yeah, no, don't worry. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna make you do that. Although I did just. Uh, can I have a round of applause for me? I did tell you this earlier, but I arranged for a man to come round, fix my fence post, and then install four new fences. That's adulting at top level. You forgot the best part about that. What's what that? else did he do? Oh, he fixed my guttering as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a twofer. Yeah, I know. It's like you got new fences and your gutters work because you're having like Noah's Ark floods. True. So I'm thinking that's. That's good. Yeah, it is good. He was here for five hours. That's a very long time doing fences and guttering, isn't it? I have absolutely no idea. I've never done either, and I don't want to. No. I am not that type of person. I do not fix things. <laughs> Neither do I. Hence, I break them. Hence, I get a nice uh, a nice local fella to come around and do it for me. Right, okay, uh, join us next time when we'll be talking about our to-do lists and uh, what we're going to do about them. Um, it's going to be fascinating. Um, until then, um, stay safe and keep writing. Oh, oh no, hang on, hang on. I forgot to say, let us know. <laughs> let us know what embarrassing things you've included in your books. We would want to know because we haven't got any comments and we'd love some comments. So please give us a comment. How can you give us a comment, you say? I don't know how. Here's how. Get in touch on the website. Comment les at lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us, at leswhowrite. And Instagram me, at Claire Fick. That's an order. 
well, now people aren't going to do it. <laughs> everyone does not like being told what to do, <laughs> especially these days, because everyone's telling us what we need to do all the time. <laughs> but I was like, I wonder if that's why we're not getting comments, if we're not saying it. <laughs> no, I think I do normally remember to say it, just today not. Anyway, all right. In the meantime, um, have a good week, everyone. Keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank you.